On August 1st, 2010, a front page story in the New York Times drew national attention to the epidemic of clergy burnout. With ominous regularity, the Times reported clergy suffer from hypertension and depression at rates higher than most Americans. In the last decade, their use of antidepressants has risen while their life expectancy has fallen. Many would change jobs if they could. Studies on clergy health show that many have boundary issues defined as being too easily overtaken by the urgency of other people's needs. These people, observed a Duke University researcher, tend to be driven by a sense of duty to God to answer every call for help from anybody, and they are virtually called upon all the time, 24-7. Cell phones and social media have only made the problem worse. I love being your senior minister. And I work hard, but I also take boundaries seriously. As many of you know, I safeguard Mondays as my day off from all church duties except emergencies, and I limit Saturday commitments in order to have time together with my family. So yesterday I took a clergy burnout inventory, which asks questions about health, enthusiasm for work, flexibility, and frustration. Honestly, I was a little surprised when my score added up to bordering on burnout. Ministry, I believe, I feel in my heart, is one of the best jobs in the world. It calls me to cultivate in myself the qualities I most revere in others. Compassion, patience, generosity, humility, a passion for justice and reconciliation. As a minister, I get to do the very things Jesus challenged his followers to do. Feed the hungry, visit the prisoner, welcome the stranger. But ministry consumes many nights and weekends. I am always on call, always responsible for the welfare of a dynamic and diverse community. Sometimes I wake at night or too early, thinking about a suffering parishioner, a struggling committee, a conflict in the congregation. We at First Parish are blessed with strong and vital staff and lay leadership, but the buck stops with me. On good days, I feel like I'm standing on the bridge of a great sailing ship with the wind in my hair and salt spray on my face. Bad days? I feel like a complaint bureau. The words Sabbath and sabbatical both derive from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means rest, or more literally, cessation. The ancient Israelites understood that people and land both need rest. Their law decreed that six days of labor be followed by one day of reflection, lest the soul be worn down by drudgery. Six years of agricultural production had to be followed by one year of restoration, lest the soil, drained of nutrients, turn to dust. 
First Parish in Cambridge is typical of Unitarian Universalist congregations in offering its ministers a sabbatical every five or six years of service. A sabbatical affords the minister the opportunity to rest, to learn, and to grow, free from the daily routines of ministry. It affords the congregation the opportunity to discover new leadership, develop new skills, stretch its muscles, and spread its wings. With the minister away, new ideas and creative arrangements have room to flower. The congregation may find things in the temporary arrangement that are refreshing and worth keeping. The sabbatical reminds all of us that the congregation, not the minister, makes the church. A sabbatical is not a vacation. Some vacations, especially with small children, leave us more tired than before. A sabbatical is time apart from ordinary time in the same way as worship. It is time dedicated to intentional exploration and reflection, to drinking deep from the waters of spirit, to restoring enthusiasm and creativity for ministry. After his sabbatical, one minister reflected, while I returned rested and refreshed, I also returned highly charged and somehow more resolved. It has been an amazing and life-changing journey. As an investment in the vitality of the minister, a sabbatical is also an investment in the vitality of the church. According to Brent Bill of the Indianapolis Center for Congregations, pastors return from their sabbaticals with a renewed sense of pastoral purpose and re-energization for the work they feel called to do. That in turn renews and re-energizes the congregation. It's a win-win situation for both parties. And that was my experience when I took my first sabbatical eight years ago from my ministry in Littleton, Massachusetts. Some of you have told me that my practice of healthy boundaries and self-care has encouraged you in yours. I'm glad to hear that because I believe that a balanced life is a strong foundation for spiritual growth and service to others. We never know the ripple effects our decisions can have when I took my Littleton sabbatical, I got a voicemail out of the blue from a minister in California. He said after reading about my sabbatical on the church website, he decided that very day to ask his church for his first ever sabbatical after 12 years of service. Some of you have asked me, what will I do on my sabbatical? As little as possible. With a 10-year-old at home, I'm not going to travel a great deal. So I'll rest, read, meditate, exercise, cook, go on a few weekend retreats, attend services sometimes at other houses of worship, all to recharge the well of spirit. And I'll attend to some long postponed projects around my house. I'll also do some research on the history of slaveholding in my family. Like many New Englanders, I'd always imagined that my Yankee roots ruled out slaveholding by my ancestors, but slavery was far more common in New England than some of us like to admit. Besides, I have some Southern ancestors, too. The little research I've done so far indicates that slaveholders were among them. While I don't feel responsible for the sins of my forebears, I do feel responsible 
or at least accounting for them and for considering where my present responsibility Naturally, on my sabbatical, I hope to take with me your support and your blessing. But I can imagine many of you saying, you know, my job's no walk in the park either. I feel like I'm bordering on burnout myself. Where's my sabbatical? That's a good question. A lot of us work too hard and too long until we lose both our enthusiasm and our productivity. Bad for us, bad for our relationships, bad for our employers, bad for our communities. Sure, ministry places unique demands upon clergy, but there are lots of burnout jobs out there. As a minister, I'm privileged to work in one of the very few professions that offer sabbaticals. If you're jealous, I don't blame you. If you need a sabbatical, might it be possible to ask for it? Negotiate for it. You might not get it right away. You might not ever get it, but if you don't try, you'll never know. But if you have a job where that's just not in the cards, I'm sorry. But not so sorry that I'll give up my sabbatical in commiseration. I leave on sabbatical exactly one month from today, February 19. I'll be back at work August 28. During that time, unless there's a truly extraordinary emergency, you won't see me here at church. You might, of course, see me somewhere else. Trader Joe's, Pinkberry, a demonstration for immigrant justice or fossil fuel divestment. If so, we can both act naturally. You can say hi. I can say hi. We won't talk about church. So you don't have to flee the frozen food department if you see me coming. I won't lie to you, I'm looking forward to my sabbatical. The first day of my Littleton sabbatical, freed of all ministerial responsibility, I felt as though I had become an insubstantial spirit. As if I could pass through walls as if I were just visiting this earth on my way to somewhere else. It was pretty cool. But right now, what I feel most is gratitude. Not so much gratitude for the sabbatical, though I am profoundly grateful for it. But gratitude for this congregation. As your minister, I am in communion with some of the best people I've ever known. I serve a community dedicated to love, to spiritual growth, to justice, to compassion, to transformation. Your dedication, your generosity, your commitment to one another and to the world beyond are constant reminders of the radiance of the human soul. I leave the congregation in extraordinarily capable hands, 
standing committee, worship associates, pastoral associates, a host of other committees and task forces, and our outstanding staff provide tremendous leadership. Associate Minister Lilia Cuervo will assume many of my responsibilities. Guest ministers and lay leaders will bring different perspectives and preaching styles to our pulpit. I'd especially like to thank the sabbatical committee, which has worked with great diligence, wisdom, and good humor to prepare you and me for our six-month separation. And I, I want to ask them to stand and be recognized, but I've only seen one of them uh, here this morning. That's Katrina Peeler. Uh, the others, and please rise, uh, Katrina, so people can appreciate you. The, the others are Jan Ellertson, Mark Watanabe, and Mike Wiggins, chair. So when you see them, please thank them. And if you have questions about how things will work during my sabbatical, please ask one of the members of the sabbatical committee or check out the sabbatical handbook. And is that uh, available, actually? be out next Sunday, a week from today, the sabbatical handbook. Last month, when we sang Carrie Newcomer's wonderful song, Speed of Soul, I shared with you a story that is almost certainly apocryphal. Sometimes it's said in Africa, sometimes Australia, sometimes in the Americas. I don't know if it's true or not. An indigenous tribe embarks on a long migration. Day after day, under the hot sun, they march until suddenly they halt make camp and rest for several days before continuing. Why did you stop, someone asked. We had to stop, they answer. We had to wait until our souls could catch up with us. It's time for me to stop. To stop, look, and listen, and feel, and rest and wait for my soul to catch up with me. Thank you for the gift of sabbatical and the privilege of being your minister. I will be with you in full force and spirit for another month. And after that, I, enjoy you, I, I invite you to enjoy the rest of the winter, the burgeoning spring, fullness of summer, blessings of each day, and the miracle that is every moment. Amen. Ashe. And blessed be.